All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Today, we get to sit down with a new friend of the house. It is Tony Collier time. Tony Collier. Oh, gosh, I think I'm saying it wrong. Collier. Collier? Collier? You'll hear. She's going to say it for herself. I get so confused. Her name to me should be fancier than I, than it reads. But Tony is a author of a book called Brave Enough to be Broken. She teaches people all over the world that you can be broken and you are worthy and still called to do great things. So she is going to tell us her story of healing, her story of saying, Jesus, you're better. She's also the host of the podcast, Broken Crayons, Still Color. We had a fantastic time together. I could have talked to her for a long, long time. She is, I have heard that statement, um, half holy, half hood. (laughs) She is that. And I love it because you're going to hear the real deal coming out of Tony's mouth. Okay. And before I let you go to listen to this conversation, I want to remind you that signups are closing soon for Rest and Rebuild. Rest and Rebuild is our in-person retreat time together. Y'all, it is holy. It is spiritual practice. It is good for your mental, spiritual, emotional, and soul health for you to get away with the Lord. Come away with us from the moment your feet get onto the bus or onto the campus of where we will be in Minnesota on April 20th to the 23rd from the moment your feet hit the ground. I promise you, Jesus will sweep you right off your feet. We are just going to host a space for him to come and meet with us. No agenda, no big show, nothing, y'all. I mean, yes, we're going to move our bodies because we all know when we move our bodies, sometimes things loosen up that we didn't know that we had words for. Our body will speak for us. So come bring yourself exactly as you are. We will have all levels, all levels of ability. If you are breathing and can sit in a chair and be upright on your feet, either one, we have a space for you. It is inclusive. It is looking, we are looking for the rainbow colors of the world, all abilities, shapes and sizes. Please don't delay. It's the lowest price we have had it ever, ever. This will fill up and you, I can't guarantee we will do it again next year or will it be at this price? So we are just really excited to get everyone back together again and to worship God with all of who we are. Laugh, cry, eat, sleep, praise Jesus, be in community, repeat for four days. All right, swipe up on the show notes to find out more information. And now with no further ado, here is this conversation with Tony. Peace. All right. It's happening. Tony Collier is here. Say your name, last name perfectly for me because I'm sure. I'm no, not- Collier. That's it. I know Collier, people I said think it. it's fancy. It's not Collier. It's just it regular, regular. very fancy. Like you're, <laughs> you're traveled or something. Very lovely. You guys have <gasps> asked funny. for this one. You know, we've had people say, get Tony on the show. <gasps> what? Yes. Oh, and gosh. I hope it's good. Some- We've got some crossover because of our, our shared communities. Um, Jamie has been yeah. a friend here of the house and just some other, uh, Jenny have been here. So they, yeah. you know, we all kind of run in a, a wolf pack together. Yeah, so, we do. So good. Which as we're talking, as we were uh, pre-show, we were mentioning that you're 
headed off to if gathering you last yeah. weekend doing something. Oh my gosh, girl, we're lucky to oh, have thank, you. Thank really, you. I'm really so great. Grateful. Okay. So you have, wrote a book called brave enough to be broken. Hello. Mm. I think all of our listeners go, okay, you got my attention <laughs> on the broken and the brave right there because yeah. they are walking that out. Yeah. So why did you write this book and who did you write it for? Mm. I think I wrote it because when I was going through my own healing journey from so much past trauma, I mean, when I was eight, I became a caregiver of my mom. Mm. Um, I was sexually manipulated and abused by family members, lost mm. my virginity at 13, um, went to numbing with alcohol and drugs at 14 and 15, left my parents' house at 16, then went buck wild all throughout mm. college and suffered with an eating disorder. I had bulimia and Come on, and man. I mean, gosh, just so many things. And I got into an abusive marriage and just one thing after the other. And when I finally hit the point at 24, where I was like, okay, that was a roller coaster. I need to get off and I need to go find some real healing and wholeness. I, I didn't know where to start. I mean, I, li- right. I literally was like, okay, so what do I do first? Like, am I going to namaste my way through this thing? Like what's getting ready to happen? And so <laughs> green juice and yoga. Is that I mean, beginning what, what is this detox? Do I just detox <laughs> the toxicity now? And, and it was just this gruesome, not linear, very painful healing journey, which mm-hmm. it almost always is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I looked back and got to a, a more whole place and more healthy place, I said, I think it could be cool if someone would create a roadmap. Like what are some areas that are consistent in all of our healing journeys? Like, I don't know, looking at community and saying, oh, you know, this is maybe a toxic relationship and believing like it's really difficult to heal in the place and with the people that broke you in the first place. Like just some principles, you know, that can kind of help as we're going down this journey. And so I wrote the book offering that up to the world saying, hey, here are some things that I did that my women's ministry women did that we, mm-hmm. we did two beta groups of women all over the world. And they agreed like, oh yeah, look at community, look at counseling. And how do you actually do counseling? Well, what does it look like to date a counselor? Like quote unquote, before you yeah. jump all the way to Marion. And what does it look like to say, okay, that counselor didn't work, but someone else did. What does it look like to have accountability and counseling all the things. And so that's why I wrote the book and it's been so healing yeah. because one, I've looked back at my story and I've said, oh gosh, all that wasn't in vain. Praise. Mm-hmm. There's, there's purpose at the end of this. There's mm-hmm. a life of meaning that says, I, yeah, I may have been in some valleys, but I was refined in the valleys so that I could stand in the valleys for others. Yeah, yeah. And it's just been great and healing and awesome. And I just want to have more people read it and then pass yeah. it on and give someone yeah. else the keys to healing, you know? Yeah. Like, don't you kind of go, I know you mentioned your pre-show a little bit, like the mother wound, like, wouldn't this have been something fantastic? Maybe could have changed the direction, the course of your life. If your mother had received tools like this, cause I, we have a shared, we have a very shared story of the the mother wound that was there, my parents, and then my daughter being a reason to be like, okay, we got to figure something out. So let me back up. Where did Christ intersect with your, like, I mean, what, if it was like me, I had him in my back pocket as I was doing oh, for a, a long thing. time. Yeah. He didn't come up on the scene until I was about 21. Okay. No, he'd always <laughs> been on the scene. I didn't come up on the scene, That's right, right. Until That's I was right. 21. I gave my life to Christ at a church, uh, after I moved to Georgia with a guy that I'd known for three months. Okay. Um, and it's interesting though, because I went to this church and 
I got, you know, kind of spotted out by the youth pastor there as someone that they would have loved to, you know, be in youth ministry. And so I dived into youth ministry and I was like, okay. I was like, guys, but I'm just a little crazy still, because what was really happening is Hmm. I think I was just like a fan, not a follower of Christ. Yeah. Come on. And it was just weird. It was surface level. I was on the shore. I wasn't going deep. I wasn't Mm -hmm. following God anywhere. I was just Mm -hmm. celebrating that. Okay. I said yes to Jesus. Like life should get a little bit better. I love to sing. So worship is cool, you know, like things like that. And it wasn't until I honestly started my healing journey, which this is in the book as well, that I said, all right, it's time to like get off the shore and really dive deep into this thing. Because the truth is there's depth in our relationship with God that we can choose to access or not. Yeah. And so that's when kind of Christ came up on the scene, but I don't think I really allowed him to infiltrate my life until I started healing, until I started going to counseling. I found new friends, got to a healthy church. Um, and then it was just good. Yeah. Yeah. So then was Christ like, uh, you, would you've called yourself a Christian as you were going off the rails? Oh, here's what's funny. Not only would I call myself a Christian, but I went to this church um, started volunteering in the youth ministry, became the youth leader, then the youth director. Then I got ordained as a minister all while still living as like a fan of God. Like, Oh, oh and let's talk wow. about toxic church culture real quick. You guys ready? How Buckle quick up. We are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Go, yeah. go. Yeah. But what was happening was I was, you know, the, the church. And unfortunately I had a really spiritually abusive pastor. And so got a lot of church hurt and spiritual manipulation in my story as well. But what was happening is, you know, our pastor saw this like girl who was talented and, you know, had the zeal and this personality. And he just th- kind of threw me in the youth ministry, mm. but he wasn't checking for like my mental health. He wasn't checking to make wow. sure I was actually living the things that I preached. Uh, right. Yeah. There was no accountability there and there was no accountability for him either. Um, and of course, you know, like we are only as good as our leader is. We hit the glass ceilings of our leaders. And so here we are just all toxic doing ministry and the church crumbled. I mean, staff members left. I mean, it just wasn't healthy. Um, and, but yeah, I was a straight up youth pastor, still getting high, still coming, not dealing with the anxiety, the pain in an abusive marriage. I mean, come on, doing the things that are now exposed, right. For, with other leaders. Yeah. Wow. What a kindness and a mercy of God though, that honestly, when we are wretched sinners, even still carrying out the deeds of our body and our, and our mind, as it says in Ephesians, like, but God still rich in mercy, like he, he knows. And the fact that it had to come to this, okay, this has to get real for, for me, or as you're saying, like, I got to push out into the deep. I, and I call that like this grace to come to ourselves, like prodigal 15, the, the, the prodigal son, because yeah. it says he came to himself and yep. then he went to the father. And that's, that's a grace. Like who the heck gets to come to themselves? Like God just goes, I'll let you see how Ooh. wretched this is. And this is not what I made you for. That's good. In hopes that you'll come to me, not in hopes to go get some yep. green juice. And I'm on, I'm on deep. And I'm stay gonna, your way through this. Thing yeah. I'm going to stay my way through. It's a, that's a shirt. <laughs> We're going to bring a shirt. Can't not Got stay it. your Been way. Ready. Let's do a giveaway. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then let's get to the, the story of your daughter. Cause I love mm-hmm. that. I, I connect to that. I, again, yeah. was parenting, like my brokenness of my parenting going, what oh. am I doing? I'm repeating this. And I swore I would never be like my so-and-so. Oh. Yeah. And it was happening. So can you yeah. give us a little like story tell there about, so yeah. make our moms feel a little more normal. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, I mean, you know, this, like 
oftentimes when we're in trauma and when there's chaos there, Mm -hmm. it becomes our normal, right? Like neurons that wire together, fire together. Our Mm -hmm. brain starts to normalize the trauma. We're Mm -hmm. in this like vortex of a world. And that's what was happening with my parenting and in my first marriage until this is why community is so important. I actually found a couple that was really healthy. And as I started to kind of get, got, get mentored by them and watching her even raise her son, I was like, something is broken here. And I did pursue yeah. healing and counseling for my marriage. And I, I mean, tried everything and it just wasn't working. There were still doors ripped off the hinges and holes punched in the walls. And I just remember looking my daughter in the eyes and seeing like real fear. We were in the car, uh, me and my ex-husband and driving and he was yelling and screaming and she's just in the back seat. And, and I just had like this flashback, like you said, like of my mom and my dad yelling and screaming. And the fact that I grew up with that and I was like, oh no. See, I think what happened was I didn't have the confidence to heal and to pursue even a, a deeper relationship with Jesus for myself. But for my That's daughter, right. something That's rose right. the up. I was like, oh, 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 oh. It, I mean, it was almost like God in, again, in his kindness and mercy, allow that moment to happen for me to see like, she could very well be infiltrated with the things that you were. Absolutely. And, and darkness can't win here, sweet girl. You're going to have to break mm-hmm. a generational cycle right now. And I made a quick shift. I, I mean, I, I remember... I mean, I, I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have any money. I was a single parent. I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and it's crazy because it was such an inopportune time to leave, but I'm like, no, like I got to get into a more safe environment for my daughter. Wow. And, and I just ran for, I mean, I stayed up in IHOP, printed out all the divorce papers. I had like 97 papers all wow. over the IHOP table, drinking coffee, filling it out myself, a community wow. lawyer randomly popped up and was like, I'll review your, your paperwork for free and help you file it. And I mean, it was crazy. And I was living with another single mom and it was hard. We had this little bedroom. My daughter was way too big for the pack and play that was in the room. But I mean, it just was this really nasty, but it it was the wilderness for sure. But the wilderness with the end in sight, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and I was going to get to it no matter what. And it's crazy because my daughter lives such a different life than me and than she would have had I not looked at my life and said Mm-mm, we got to do better here it's so merciful gosh and to yeah. put that real hunger in you like first of all when is it ever a good time to leave an abusive marriage <laughs> surprise it turns my god out, yeah, never it's just weird like you that. just get stuck and yeah. <laughs> never never's a good time like, never a good time but the fact that you like okay I'm doing it and I've got these I'm in an IHOP filling out these papers. Probably one of those, I, I had a moment like that in my marriage as well, as I was going through the healing process and going, I'm, I'm, this is the moment. I am the subject of a country song. This is what country oh. songs are made of. This is I'm the ballad. I am the ballad. <laughs> my life is the ballad. Okay. <laughs> but it is, it's like uh, what I couldn't do for myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I'm going to do this for my kids. Something has to break. Something has yeah. to break, which is why the title of the book is brave enough to be broken. Like you oh, went yeah. all in Jesus. So honors hunger, desperation. Oh, yeah. Like I think about that in the, in scripture. The desperate people were the ones who had the intimacy with Christ. The ones who's got, I got nothing. Blind Bartimaeus shamefully shouting out. Yeah. I got no legs. I don't know where you are, but I'm going to call out like that. Um, 
I think God's just wanting more of that in the churches, in our hearts. We have been living so placid in Mm -hmm. the comforts. So I don't know. I mean, what's your heart for the state, like of the Uh, church and our broken? Tell me, preach to me. I was, I was just studying Judges four, and it's one of my favorites because it's you know the prophetess Deborah. She's judging the Israelites because them suckers are yet again (laughs) just not doing what they need to do. They're not you know, surrender uh, to a God that loves them, that has saw them through. I mean, it's just crazy. And, and of course they get like subjected to slavery and to bondage with, um, Sisera's army and all the things. And it's, and it's interesting because at the end of judges four, it talks about like after 20 years of them being like in bondage and then they're pleading out to God, God still comes for them. Mm. Right. Like he still comes and he goes to Barak, the the leader of their army. And he's like, I will send you into battle and you will win and you guys will be okay. And even, I mean, they're still just like Barak's like, Deborah, I don't know. I I just don't know. And and she's like, has not the Lord, has not the Lord literally seen you through over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's why it's so important for us to come to ourselves because if when we come to ourselves and see how crazy ratchet okay nuts we are it just opens our minds up to the fact that it's like one there's gratitude there because it's like god i don't even know how i got here i still wake up every single morning i'm like lord don't let me mess this up because you know i'm a little bit wild i still think about doing crazy things sometimes okay like i i but don't let me mess it up and then you fast forward into the new testament and you see the apostle paul who's had this radical transformation of like being a christian christian bully to now a christian leader and instead of boasting about the fact that he's you know writing over half the new testament little did he know Mm. He's planning all these churches. Mm. He's doing, I mean, he's on boats and he's like starving for days. I mean, he is like ride or die Christian. I'm all yeah. in the kingdom. He's like, actually the thing that I boast about the most is my weaknesses. Yeah. It's the thorn in my side that reminds me that God is who he says he is. And I'm just measly old little me. And he's mm. so self-deprecating in ways, like not in a super unhealthy way, but so that we can all see and the people that he's ministering to can all see that it is just our surrender. It's not our perfection. It's not getting it right. It's not, it's all the success in the world. It's not the little ratchet, little followers we got and all the little crazy Gosh, stuff. It is literally the, the catalyst to everything that we are ready for is our surrender. It's right there at the cross. Yes. And it's just saying, I just can't do it myself. Like Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Yeah. Take over my life because you're just better at it. And I think that's how we have to be with our healing journey, right? Like, yeah. it's just like, People look at me now and they're just like, oh, you teach about this and you speak about this and you've got this book. And I'm just like, just please don't forget that we never arrive. Please don't forget yeah. that I'm still counseling every two weeks and I'm still processing through some stuff, things I would love to write about and talk about and teach about, but I'm not ready to. Yeah. Because we've right. never arrived. It's just no, that surrender. We I'm don't still want to arrive. If we arrive, where's the need for Christ? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Well, and then it's I, false I, perfection. And then we're looking crazy and prideful. Yeah. And it's not going to work. <laughs> No joke. All right. So we talk about how, you know, we know how good God's been. And uh, even through the healing and the journey, like he's been so faithful. Why would I, where would I go? Why would I leave now? And so we can boast in that, but what do you do, Tony, now as a woman Mm -hmm. healing, continually heal Yeah. when God lets you down or he hasn't shown up and the tension. I love that you use the word tension. We love that word around here. (laughs) God is good. And this sucks. Yeah. I'm mad and I'm hurt. What do you do in that? Yeah. Gap? 
we have this, we, we have a women's course that we've sent some women through to that want to heal. And we have this like mantra, it comes with like a little t-shirt and everything. And it just says that hurt and hope can coexist. Yeah. I'm not in it for the fluff, man. Like I just, I didn't been through too much, man. When you, when you got drugs in your past and abuse and I mean, just spiritual manipulate. When you got all that stuff, it's just like, look, 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 look. I, I'm not looking for Teletubby land. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. And, and, and it's, it's real. Like I'm just, I am not looking for a perfect life because I for dang sure don't want to stay here. Like I'm like, Jesus, when you ready to call me home, baby, I'm, I will come skipping and running. Yeah. And I think, so I think when we start to look and posture ourselves heavenward, we don't expect full heaven here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so start, and again, expectations and unmet expectations are the very thing that breaks us. Mm-hmm. There was an unmet expectation in my last marriage that broke us. There's unmet expectations just floating around in our motherhood, in our parenting. I mean, they're just floating around. And so, but I think when we expect for things not to be so perfect for the healing journey, not to be this like namaste situation with the, right. with the holy oils or right. whatever they call right. the central oils. <laughs> um, when we, when we expect it not to be, and not in a cynical glass half empty type of way, but when we are mature enough to hold that this world is broken Come and on. there's going to be hurt, yeah. but there's also an immense amount of hope that we have access to. I just think we become like, spiritual little adults that say, okay, let's do the dance. Let's hold them both. Let's, I mean, and even neurologically, like Brene Brown teaches about this. We were meant to hold joy and pain together. That's right. If we try to exclude pain. We will inevitably exclude joy. It's just the way that literally God has wired us. He's wired right. us to process both. Yeah. And so I just think we have to stay in that pocket. I just yeah. be like, okay, stuff and, and, to suck a little bit. And you hit on the fact like, and then also has to be like, where am I going to go? Like, what? I'm mad at you, God. And I get to be like, I can say I'm mad at you, yep. but I know in the heart of my heart, where am I going to go? Because better is one day than in where I house, was before. Yes. Thousands elsewhere. elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thousands, a billion. Okay. Okay. You wrote this in the book. You said, for a moment, I imagine God on the sidelines of my life saying, mm. quote, put me in the game, Tony. For 25 years, I've been wanting to carry this for you. Mm. Put me in. I've got yeah. strength for your weakness. I've got power for your brokenness. Put me in the game. What what was going on in that moment? Oh, man. Here's the deal, man. You know, like I said, there's a part of my story where I was, you know, became a little caregiver at eight years old. What that meant was that there was a whole bunch of pride and proudness for like taking care of my mama and bringing her to doctor's appointments when I got my license and divvying out her little medicine. It it made me who I am, a, a person that loves to stand in the trenches for people. Mm. <laughs> However, the the shadow side to that gift is that I think I can handle everything. I can care yeah. for myself. I process this in counseling all the time because I am the friend that like, thinks about the friends and does everything for my people. But I long for someone to care for me like that. Like I'm the caregiver type friend. And I realized one time I was at this um, spiritual encounter on my journey to like becoming a follower of God. Yeah. And I, someone had told me that, you know, Psalm 91 was like the scripture that God wanted for me in that season. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. It doesn't even make any sense. And I remember the Lord, me starting to really pursue God and the voice of God and him leading me back to that scripture. And it literally talks about um, 
him protecting us. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's weird because I look at my past and I'm like, well, where you was at? What, what kind of protection did you do? Where, where were you at when, a, you know, a cousin of mine was sexually manipulating me and fondling mm. And where, where were you? What, what kind of protection are we talking about here? But when you really dive into that scripture for what it is, it, it's God saying, you have no idea how many angels I've wrapped around you, how many times you've been driving drunk and I literally scooped you up and landed you safely in a ditch so that you would not kill yourself or someone up or someone else. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know, you don't, you haven't experienced the wrath that I had against the people that hurt you, the, the, their journeys and what that was and how I um, mm-hmm. avenged you in those ways. You, you have no idea what's going around. And when you yeah. look at Psalm 91, it's literally, the, the writer is literally saying like, I'm in this field and mm-hmm. dangers all around me and and but they're but they're not able to touch me for some reason. Yeah. And I think once I really started yeah. to read that scripture and apply it to my life, that was the moment that I was like, "Huh. So you mean to tell me God is not the one at the end of the tunnel waiting for me to take care of myself and get it all together? He's yeah. actually the one lighting up the way through?" Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dang. Yeah. He's yeah. actually been the one that's like, "Tony, I'm not going to impress my help on you. You have free will here." Ooh. But if you call on me, I'll answer. It's yeah. James 4, 7. Yell aloud no to the enemy and watch him flee. But whisper a quiet yes to Jesus and he'll be there in no time. That's how I live now. Where he's not, where Jesus is not my plan B. You know, for years and years, I was my plan That's A. That's right. That's right. Right? I had to switch it up real quick <laughs> and make him the plan A. And then whatever I can contribute, Lord, you can use it. So, Yeah. If you don't have the Revelation Wellness mobile app, you need to go get it right now. It's the perfect place for undistracted community. All of our content is in one convenient place that's easy to access. The app also features exclusive premium content for RW Plus subscribers, like conversations, Rev Xing the Word, bedtime meditations, on-demand workouts, and so much more. So hit pause right now and go download the Revelation Wellness mobile app in your app store for a faith that moves. You've talked, you talked about community and the importance of community. And I I know this to be true for myself and and for a lot of our listeners, for people who experienced early trauma or where they had to grow up quickly and had to become the provider. And they just like, okay, I got to figure this thing out. I can't count on these adults who are supposed to be to do something. So I got to figure this out. Right. (laughs) This does not seem right. But that. (laughs) the help, the, the helplessness that we feel. Mm. And so we become the helper. What does it look like, Tony, practically? And how does it feel for you to ask for help or receive help from your friends? And I want a practical, like, give me some resistance. Give me like, Mm. and then so-and-so barges in and makes, you know, like sometimes, because we don't know how to ask for help. Oh, what does that look like in your life? And that where there's been tangible presence of people going, no, I'm going to help you and you're going to receive this. Yeah. Well, first of all, even when you say that my pits just start sweating, I'm just like, well, I don't need help. What are you talking uh-huh. about? Right. So it's this thing that we still, I still wrestle with, like it's in me for years and years and years. Um, the person that taught me how to receive help is my now husband, Sam. And mm-hmm. You know, thank God that he's super kind and he's like Jesus or whatever, but he's also very aggressive. Okay. And we don't call it aggressive. We call it assertive. He's a very assertive person. But I remember um, when we first started dating, I mean, I was an actual wreck. I mean, I 
I should not have been dating. Let me just tell you that. Andy Stanley talks about the rules of love, sex, and dating. And he's like, if you've gone through a divorce, wait two years after your divorce to start dating. If you've gone through a breakup, wait a year. And we were like, no, Andy, what you talking about? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was right. Okay. Uh-huh. We literally looked him in the face one day and we were like, you were right. You were so right. <laughs> um, but because we didn't follow that, we hopped right in. Like I got a divorce. We trans- I transitioned out and started dating. Yeah. And I remember us getting to a point where, I mean, he couldn't even say things like, hey, what you said really hurt my feelings without it triggering me. What are you going to leave? Are you going to yell at me? Are you going to be upset? Like, what do you mean I hurt your feelings? Like, I didn't mean that. What are you talking about? I couldn't own up to anything. Mm-hmm. And I definitely couldn't tend to him because I needed so much tending. And I remember him saying, hey, I really have enjoyed us dating. And I just really feel like we could go the distance, but you, you got to go get some help. And we're sitting in his house, in his like office room. And he's just like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I will walk down this healing journey with you. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, who is this man? Wow. Who is this man? Who is this man that has come into my life? I'm like, brother, are you sure? I'm a single mom. My baby daddy look crazy. Um, wow. He's like, I will walk with you through it. And, but I had heard those things before, right? Like that was like, okay, like, that's great that you're saying that. And then he found a counselor for me and paid for all of my sessions for two years, every single week. There's a skin. Yeah. There was, I mean, Ann Voskamp says this, he was like Jesus with skin on. Mm -hmm. Like I've never experienced someone saying, let me help you. And then I'm going to help you. And you don't have to ask and you don't have to do anything. I'm going to show up and you get to rest in my care. Wow. And that was like the first, I mean, that cultivated even the bravery for me to now ask a friend and say, Hey, can you help out with this? Can you come over and do this? Can you, you know, and it's still very vulnerable for me. It's still a weird space. It's a weak area, Yeah. but yeah, my now husband, he was like, you going to get this help, whether you like it or not, girl. And And not just the fact that he said he was one, it sounds like the tone in which he said it, it wasn't in a screaming argument. No, you need to get help. It was just this sobering. I love yeah. you and you have to get help. Like that's how Christ talks to us. I know. Confronting, well, yeah. but yeah. kind way. It's all grace, all truth, all the time. Oh, over gosh. and over again. It's John eight. It's the woman that committed adultery and she's embarrassed and she's in the middle of the temple courts with God knows what on her body. If they let her get dressed after she was caught or not, we don't know. And it's Jesus literally looking at her and saying, I, I do not condemn you. However, go and leave your life of sin. Mm. Go and do the thing. And it's, not only, yeah. not only did your husband say it, but then, and I'm going to pay for it. Like, I'm going to pay fun this thing. Yeah, because you need a lot, my girl. You don't need to just go every month. You need a weekly, okay? Sweetie girl. Don't pick uh-uh, up an extra shit. Down in, yeah, this needs to be your best friend, okay? <laughs> Sit down. Okay. Oh, it was beautiful. That's amazing. God is yeah. so kind. And yeah, especially when it shows up in flesh. Like, okay, I believe. So now I want to, again, practical. What do yeah. you do now? Just your own practices yeah. for maintaining your freedom and then also continuing to grow. Cause you know, as we say, yeah. we're all healing. So I, I live by something called the replenishment cycle. My friends, okay. um, Tom Patterson Institute teaches about it, life planning, all the things. And I mean, it's simple. I mean, I just want to live a life on the offense, not the defense. And most of my life, more than half at this point, cause I'm not 50 yet was 
lived on the defense. It was very reactive. It was very, oh my, okay, well, we got drugs going on here. Okay, I got to figure that out. I got to do that, you know? Mm. And I vowed that to be the best version of myself for my now husband, for my daughter, for my new little baby son, it's going to take me having something in the reserve. What that practically looks like is with the replenishment cycle, you choose like two to three things that just really fill you up. Like not yeah. surface level, kind of like, oh man, I had a McDonald's chicken nugget and it just really brought back the nostalgia. But like something that's just good for you. One of those things for me is nature. I just Ooh. love to be outside. I love to be around God's untouched creation. Like we don't touch it. We don't get to come in and make it all beautiful. He has created it, that pure organic nature. I love to do it. I literally went for a hike yesterday. My son and my nanny and I, we just love the outdoors. And I came back home. And my husband's like, you are giddy like a child. I'm like, I know I just got filled up. That's and so nature is one of those things. When you choose something, you also have to choose the frequency of which you experience it. So okay. it is not enough for me just to go outside one time a week. I actually need about two to three times. Okay. And that and doing that cadence, and that's just one thing for me, it's also like getting my hair done and nails done, which seems really vain, but also if you look good, you feel good, you're, you are good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are all things that are part of my replenishment cycle. And they're literally on a cadence. It's literally happening every week. And what's going on is I'm filling up the reserve because again, it goes back to what we said earlier, hurt and hope can coexist. Brokenness is going to come. My anxiety is going to rear its ugly head again. I may be a little sad. I may have to call my, I mean, Things are going to happen. But if I have something in the reserve, if I'm so replenished that um, when the hard times come, I can actually say, all right, so that took took about 10% 10 for me, but I just had about 50% stored up. Yeah. So so I can handle 10%. When I'm empty, however, okay, like right after I had a kid birth a human into the world, And I can't go and replenish, right? Mm. There are other things that you have to put in place. But when you have a replenishment cycle and you know that's a part of your identity not and, and, and how you function, um, when you can't get it, you you put boundaries around what you can and cannot do. There's contingencies. Yep. There. Yep. So yeah. That's huge. So where do you live that the outdoors? I live in Georgia, like Lanier. And there's um, hiking? Yes. We found, we found a brand new trail yesterday and it just, we were like, this is the, this is the best. We're so happy about ourselves. So there's a lake that's nearby, but then I love, well, I mean, I'm not about to get no nasty lake water. Let me just say that right now, but I will a hundred percent go for a hike, look at some mountains, like roll in the grass. I mean, I'm in ride my bike. Wow. Yeah. Are you a camping girl? Like, would you go? Oh, camp? Yes. Okay. You I've tried. Come- my whole family hates it. So it's very interesting. We have a whole extension in the ministry called Rev Wild, where we take people outdoors. And the whole point is like outdoor to kind of reset, recycle, like get back in touch with the Lord, nature, one another in community with others. But we also take people across the Grand Canyon in one one day (gasps) called Rim to Him. So if you're ever, you could be my special guest. If you ever want to train for that. Don't play. We'll do some devotionals down those canyons. Oh, we do it. We take people down and we're intentional about the whole experience being called Rim to Him. I got my hiking boots. (laughs) You would love it. So I thought like you'd be one of our people for that. So I love that. And I love that you know what it is and then you, you guard it. Right. Like I'm sure you, and I'm sure your husband's like, you probably need to go do that. Oh, he's like, now baby is your, are your nails done? Sweet girl. What's going on here? What's (laughs) happening? Have you smelled the outside? I mean, but that's what happens when you start to pay attention to yourself. I, I can feel it. Like I can feel when I'm drained, I can feel. And I look up and I'm like, huh, I've been in the house for two days. I need to get outside. Right? I need to get outside. Tony, Zoom or like the whole COVID thing. Oh, it snap. Is 
turned me into, there are days I don't leave my house for three days. I've had days where I've gotten in my car and been like, I have not been in my car in like four or five yeah, days. Yeah, like, like, oh, well, there's that uh, Snicker bar I didn't know. You know so weird. There's that banana I started yesterday. You know, like what in the world? I know. What in the world? Yeah. I even, I'm on that same kind of trajectory of, I need at least to step out into fresh air. Yep. I love feeling the sun on my oh. face. I live in Arizona, so there's always some nice sun. Oh my gosh. Just, just the warmth and then air and breathe. Like that will, that will get me if I'm, if I'm day after day of meetings, meetings, I will buffer in a 15 minute pause to just do it. get up out of this chair, go outside or do uh, something to shift my state. But yeah, non-negotiables. And they're not really hard. It's just, you know, no. just staying like true to them and true to yourself. Yeah. It's the consistency that's always pretty hard. You start off, I mean, we all do our little resolutions and stuff. And then it's like, oh, well, that went downhill. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just consistency. Anything else? You go outdoors, anything you're like, nails, hair. I love that. Good life. Just okay. So worship is a thing for me as well. Yeah. So I am not a singer, unfortunately. My husband is a little worship guy um, and a pastor. And, but I just love to belt out worship songs. Love it. I don't know why. I just Well, I'll tell you why. Neurologically, why? you're you shift into your your parasympathetic nervous system. There you go. So anytime you know that's why yogis chant that hum yes, that, it, yep, that, uh -huh. that, that is actually turning on that rest and digest, tend and befriend part of us. And yeah. so think about how powerful it is when we're actually turning that on, but then worshiping For, God. Yeah. In like, reverence to God. That's just super so power stuff. So I'm. Oh, I I'm can with belt out. Oh, yes. We try to leave it on like in the house, like just in the background, yes. you know? Yes. Uh, and it just does. It shifts the atmosphere. I feel like yeah. my kids are more calm. I feel, I mean, it's just beautiful. What's a song right now that you're belting out? Goodness of God. Oh, yeah. I mean, poor Siri. I hope she doesn't say anything, but <laughs> she's gonna poor start Siri. It. Like, she is like, I know what you want, baby girl. I'm like, please play Goodness of God live. I mean, which one? The CC one. I had my which son. one? Which CC, version? The new one, CC one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Get down. You ain't getting up. I know. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, it's been my thing. That and there's another one, um, too good to not believe by tribal. If you're listening, haven't heard it, write it, go ahead it, down, write it now. down. Go ahead and too good not to notes. believe. Too good to not believe by tribal. There's another one by Brandon, whatever is Brandon Lake, but uh -huh. the tribal one is the, the tribal one. Okay. Oh, it'll change you. We those two songs were on repeat when we had our son, and it's been on repeat, like just for seasons and seasons. Too good to not believe. You're too good to not believe God. Come on. That'll prime the pump. That'll prime the pump for when a tough day that'll comes. That'll get you ready for a Sunday morning, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. If you could sit right. down over coffee with a listener right now, what's the one thing you tell them? Oh, I would say God is kind. Makes me cry every time. I think when, I think it took me the longest time to really fully surrender to God because I thought he was really mean. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was so ashamed of me. It wasn't until I realized how kind he was that I was like, oh, I could bring you anything. Yeah, I could bring you anything. I could bring you all my anxious thoughts. I could bring you my suicidal ideation and thoughts and I could mm -hmm. bring you my depression. And you would literally sit there and take account of all my sufferings and 
bottle up every single one of my tears. That no one, a nice person doesn't do that. A kind person does that. That bottles up every single one of your tears. There's a book called Prayer in the Night. There's a prayer at the beginning. um, And it talks about this idea of us getting into heaven. And sometimes we just kind of think that we're just going to skip right in there. and It's just going to be like from, you know, earth to like, all of a sudden we're just going to be like Teletubbies bopping around little Care Bears. But what if our first encounter with God isn't like just the celebration that we're there, but instead it's like this space where he just holds us and says, let's take account of everything that you've been through and now come walk into glory. And it's like a kind God does that. And so when you're in the the valleys, when you're in moments of brokenness, when you're like, God, why did you allow my body to experience this? Why did you allow my mind to go to this place? I think remembering that he's so kind, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. And you're just like, no matter what, he's kind. Amen. And he's with me. He's the God of witness. It's mm, so good. Oh, say la. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire questions in closing. Oh, I'm ready. I'm these are these are funny. I've been ready for this. I've been wanting to be on uh, okay. okay, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Favorite way to move your body. Oh, <gasps> cycling. Peloton, baby. Oh, the Peloton. That's right. Got I think I read stairs. that in the notes. You got your Peloton on. Who's your I favorite do. instructor? Oh, it has to but be. I love Tunde. She scares me. <laughs> scares me. She just does. <laughs> Every time I press play, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not. That's not. Oh, is sweet. I love her. Have you done her Sunday rides? Like where she's like, like it's, oh yeah, she's. It's oh, it's kind of like, I've done, I've done a rewatch. It's a CIA Jesus. It's like undercover, yeah. but she's still there. I'm like, all right. The CIA. Way to get it there. Uh-huh. Um. Okay. And your food you can't live without. Like if I'm going to eat, it's. Oh, I know. It's, is that you too? Sushi. And then that's like sushi. But then I'll also, my, my. Mm, guilty pleasure food, which Ooh. is terrible. does not agree with me, but no. I love it anyways. A donut. <gasps> that is right. my favorite dessert. Like, I don't think you understand. You need to go watch my story. I have literally, I was just at a conference and I literally got Shipley's Donuts, which is a, a chain in Texas on a platter. I warmed them up for everybody. Oh, and I I killed them out in the green room just last Friday. Oh, I, I love donuts. donuts. Sushi and donuts. That's it. On my oh. 40th birthday. I rented out a roller rink. Of course you did. I'm a girl. As we do, as one as does. You do. And all, you know, friends came and we had stacks of donuts, oh. like stacks of donuts and then sushi. Oh, what? Oh. And let me just tell you the next day, I was so like bloated everywhere. because oh. I mean, look, so puffy just and, everywhere. Oh, puffed up everywhere. Yeah. Like, fingers tingling. Um, yeah, Perfect. that's just, it's a bad combo, but it's good. It's so <laughs> it's good. It's a total bomb, but that's so funny. Oh, it's good. Okay. And last one, this is an easy one. Coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your go-to? Tea, matcha. Oh, you're a matcha tea girl. I am a matcha tea girl. My daughter loves matcha. I'm a kombucha. Oh, so we can I used it. to love it before pregnancy and the acid, something happened, heartburn. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's just bad. All right, everyone. There you have it, Tony. We yeah. love you. And you're going to write the next book. And then I'm going to ask you to come back. You got it. It's going to be a, a hot one off the press. So you guys go get the book. 
I'm sure it's on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, all the things. Brave it's enough to be things. broken. And then Tony also has her own podcast, which <gasps> is on Ivy Media, right? With yeah. Jamie. And that favorite. is called Broken Crown Still Color. So go look for it now. If you're looking for a good friend. If you just, I uh, just think you're just delightful <laughs> and the real deal. And so you're going to hear more from us. And we hope to hear more from you. Hey. All right. Thanks for being here, Tony. Hey, friends. We hope you loved this episode with Elisa and Tony. Please make sure to share it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, registration for Rest and Rebuild is closing on Monday, March 20th. So head on over to the app to get registered. We would love to see your face in Minnesota. Thanks again for being here. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new Revving the Word. Peace.